The following programme is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show is so important and here's why. We live at a time when people think that we know everything. I mean, some people think we are as smart as God because if there is no God, then that would make us God because we're the most intelligent beings that have ever lived on the planet. Truth is, we are only just now discovering what God revealed thousands of years ago in his word in the Bible. So here's our question today. The science back the Bible. Welcome to the Creation Today Show, where we bring together interviews with experts and solid Bible teaching. Your host, Eric Hovind, affirms the ultimate authority of God's word, the truth of creation, and why it matters to you. You probably know someone or actually based on some of the YouTube comments we get out there, some of you are that someone who would say that science is the very thing that has destroyed the Bible. Well, if that's the case, how were the writers of the Bible thousands of years ahead of modern science? You may think that in our age of, excuse me, in our age of uh, science and reason, that the Bible is outdated. But a closer examination is going to reveal the shocking truth. Scripture has always been ahead of science. If you're new to the Creation Today show, we are on a mission to disciple the world. The information we present turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones on people's journey to know the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Uh, for my friends out there on our social media platforms and listening to the podcast or watching on television, thank you for peeking into the Creation Today community for this, what I think is going to be a very fascinating and inter interesting and important conversation. Uh, we gather every week to be discipled so that we can be all God has called us to be. And if you ever want to join our little community, come on over to creationtoday.org. Your partnership of any amount gives you access to everything we do here at Creation Today. Uh, by the way, Creation Today partners, uh, Brad, Amber, Gary, uh, Jonathan, PK, Lisa, Tony. I love Tony. Oh, and I got to, man, my, my guest is going to love this. Nate Loper uh, on here. Nate, you got to give us an update about your latest trip, man. Watching you on Facebook has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. And, and I love these discipleship times that we get to have together. My guest today, by the way, you're, you're going to love him. He's been researching and had, well, let's just say a lot of hands-on experience with astronomy, paleontology, and archaeology. He is the host of the television show Creation in the 21st Century. He has also just um, announced something that is, I think, an incredible endeavor. I cannot wait for you to hear about it. I can't wait for him to tell you about it. I can't wait for you to get involved with what he's doing in his latest endeavor. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, David Reeves. David, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I am so glad you're taking time with us, man. I know you got a lot going on. You got a lot of traveling going on yourself. And you have been working on a massive, massive project here over the last couple of months. Whew, let, let's start. Can can you just tell people, because I'm so <laughs> excited about it. Can you tell people what you're up to like right now, like in your day, night, midnight hour, what you've been up to these last several months? Yeah, well, it 
2 a.m. last night, I was actually uh, hanging some theater lights uh, <laughs> in a in a new place that we uh, just got. Um, we call it the Wonder Center, and it's just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. It's about 35 minutes from downtown Nashville, right off of I-40, and uh, it is over 100,000 square feet, which makes this the largest science museum in the world that is run from a biblical perspective. So it's just pretty exciting. I'm telling you, my I was brought up going to science centers. My dad was a science teacher. All, all the hands-on science experimenting type stuff has always been something that I've absolutely loved. You're going to have the, the, the world's largest creation science center teaching biblical creation. That is mind-blowing. Wow. Yeah. Well, we uh, like... We think that the opportunity is amazing because this is an this is a way to really push. It's a science museum, just like you would go to the Fields Museum or the British Museum or the American Museum of Natural History, except once it gets to the chimpanzees to humans display, we don't have that, right? We tell you the truth about it. And so we're hoping that it's going to attract a, a secular audience that will then uh, will be able to share the truth with them. Even the name, the Wonders Center. Ah, I love it. It's fantastic. So tell me a couple of the things that you got in there. I got to come up there and it's, it's, you guys are doing a full remodel inside a hundred thousand square foot facility. So it's pretty insane what you guys are doing. Tell me some of the elements that you guys are trying to, to have available when you open. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, a couple of exciting things, uh, here in about three weeks, we hope to have a uh, hope to have delivered. Now we still have to install it, but it will be a 55 foot long, long neck Camarasaurus uh, skeleton in the rotunda, right as you walk through the front door, 55 feet long, its neck and head stretches up into the second floor balcony, and then the tail swoops down one of the halls, and uh, that'll be sort of the statement as you walk in. And then we've got rooms dedicated to the wonders of paleontology and dinosaurs, rooms dedicated to the wonders of astronomy, rooms dedicated to the wonders of anatomy, the wonders of animals of Alaska. And then the history and accuracy of the Bible exhibit is coming along pretty well at, uh, also. We've got a, a theater in there that seats about 450 people uh, with a full performance hall. And TV studios, which I'm actually sitting in right now, we're just getting all the cameras in this place hooked up, but... Needless to say, it will be quite an experience because we've got planetariums, uh, you know, 140-seat planetariums, dinner theaters, full commercial kitchens, everything you can imagine. Give a guy who loves astronomy and has his own, multiple of his own telescopes, his own stinking planetarium. I'm like, dude, God is going, here you go, David. Here you go. Silver platter. There you go, buddy. Have fun. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am thrilled that you're using the knowledge God has given you to help change lives and 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 literally use the the now, use temporal to impact eternal. It's a it's just a huge blessing to watch and learn and uh, grow from your work. So thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely, we're gonna have to have you out here for a special uh, seminar as soon as we get. I over. I will drive up there in a heartbeat. Absolutely. <laughs> right. um, and David, uh, you have a new book out. Uh, Twenty one. I, I was. I thought I got a copy and I didn't. So I'm just looking all over my my office this morning. There it is. 21 verses back by science. And I'm like, I'm looking for this thing. And I'm like, I don't have my copy to show you guys right now. I'm like, ah, but 21 verses back by science. 
And you're you're kind of going in saying, hey, ladies and gentlemen, science predates the Bible. The 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 science, or excuse me, the Bible predates science. Let me get that right. Science is 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 confirming what God's word had said because it 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 told us what science is just now telling us a long time ago. Can we? I want to. I want to cover as many as we can. But can we jump into some of these? Because I got skeptics watching. I got Christians watching that want to be reinforced or have ammo to share with their friends or go to a Sunday school class. I got skeptics that are watching. That, as I said in the intro, they would say, "Look, you know, science debunks the Bible." So, uh, let's let's jump in. And while we jump in, tell us why you're so passionate about this. Yeah, absolutely. Well. I've always, I've, I've never had really that crisis of faith moment. I've always been a, a, a strong believer. I was a Christian at an early age, became a Christian at an early age. And and what I realized is that, well, if the Bible is what it claims to be, the inspired word of God, right, uh, then it should be true scientifically, historically, prophetically, and when it comes to the gospel message. And so is there a way that we could just take, not random verses, but it would just scattered verses throughout the scriptures and then analyze those verses and say and ask a question does the bible know best is it divinely inspired is it scientifically accurate in this verse well what about this verse well what about this verse and that concept i I call it 21 verses backed by science the bible knows best so i wrote a book that it's a short book but it goes through these different examples of God's creation and divine inspiration throughout the scriptures. You know, if we were to kind of break it down really simply, I might say that the Bible is God's word of truth. It's it's right. there for us. It is something that you can hold on to every single day that you can believe and trust in 100%. And when you think about knowledge, well, science, it comes from the word sciencia, which means to have knowledge. So when we talk about science or uh, creation science or anything like that, we're really talking about knowledge of the natural world. And Paul basically told the Romans, hey, look around. The invisible things of creation are being revealed. All you have to do is open your eyes, right? So this knowledge of the natural world is, is science, and it's great to have knowledge. So Let's look at a little bit of knowledge in the scripture and, uh, and you know, classic example, Dr. Henry Morris. We just uh, we just lost uh, another legend. Was it yesterday or day before? Yeah. Uh, John Morris. Um, and he passed away. I was with him just a few months ago. But the original Dr. Henry Morris, well, the founder of uh, this this movement, basically, he once noted that if you go to the very first verse of Scripture, hey, it should be obvious. Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the beginning is the origin of time, space, and matter, right? Heavens, earth, the beginning. You've got the basic concept of all of the three principles of this universe in the first verse of Scripture. So, I mean, if you were going to start out really simply, you might say, hey, the first verse is extremely scientific in its statement, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. But what I want to do is I want to kind of jump in, uh, let's go a little bit deeper, and let's talk about, let's see if I can pull up this slide here. While you're pulling that up, David, uh, there you got it, while you're you're pulling that up, um, I love that, that, that in the beginning, I mean, Scientists for a long time thought that the universe might be eternal in nature. Einstein kind of fell prey to that and said, 
that was a big blunder. The, the mathematics showed it's not eternal. It did have a starting point. And that's exactly what we see the Bible saying here is it had a starting point. It did have a beginning. There, there was a time when there was no time, if you will. And now even the, the Big Bang cosmologists that want to say that the universe is 14 billion years old, even they're having to admit that, yes, this universe must have had a beginning. And so the more we learn about astrophysics or uh, geology or biology or paleontology, the more we're learning, the more that all of these secular uh, scientists are having to admit, yeah, this is lining up with the Bible, but we still can't admit it. So we have to insert long ages in there and try to make the Bible incorrect. Everything we're finding, cutting-edge science, is pointing us back to the Scriptures. And that's kind of the, one of the examples I love to give is uh, the Arctic turn. Because Jeremiah 8, verse 7 says, The stork in the heaven knows her appointed times. It talks about the turtle dove and the crane and the swallow. Well, the Arctic turn is a sea swallow. There's a picture of one right there. It is a sea swallow. Uh, there is approximately, there, there are about a million of them on planet Earth right now. They mate for life. They live 20 to 30 years, and they'll often migrate, taking a particular course to take advantage of prevailing winds. So when it gets warm or cool, they're following the warmer weathers. This is a map of uh, the world. <laughs> and if we were to check out an Arctic turn coming from Greenland or the Netherlands, they might pick a path along the African coast, travel as far as Australia, sometimes even New Zealand, and then they turn south and they spend their summers, our winters, in Antarctica, where it's warmer weather while it's cold up in the northern hemisphere. Now, as soon as it starts to cool off down in Antarctica, well, they start a northern migration once more, and all of a sudden, they end up right back to where they started. Now, here's the deal. That path that you just saw is about 56,000 miles every year. Wow. That's, that, that's a long ways. Now, if you remember, Eric, how long did I say they live? 20 to 30 years. 20 to, so just do the math. We're talking about a, about a million and a half miles in their lifetime that each one of these little birds are traveling and yet they find their way right back to where they started year after year after year making this circuit. So does the turtle dove, does the crane, does the sea swallow like the Arctic tern know where to go? Has God programmed in where it should migrate to, how to find its way back? Back? Absolutely, Eric. In other words, I'm telling you the Bible knows best. It's scientifically accurate. From the first verse all the way to Jeremiah 8, where it's talking about the Arctic turn and these other birds. So this kind of scientific knowledge, were we able to track Arctic turns uh, 2,000 years ago? No, I'm sure they didn't have a clue. Ago? No, no. So we, we put bands on these things. And then we put GPS trackers on these things, and we try to travel and track them on their paths. And we're realizing, man, they know exactly where they're going. Just like the hummingbird can find its way back to your backyard year after year after year after traveling thousands of miles, these Arctic terns can travel 56,000 miles and find its way back every year. I'm telling you, God knows what he's doing. He programmed it into the Arctic turn so that it would do what it does, and that it does quite well. 
Man, the Bible truly does know best. What a great point to make there. Let alone the fact that you got a, you got a, you got a something that evolutionists would say formed itself, evolved by chance, and it can last a million miles of flight. Are you kidding me? Eating bugs and not changing the oil? Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and, and that's just again one example. So now I'm going to put up another uh, another scripture. We'll ask the exact same question. Let's say, does the Bible know best? Is it scientifically accurate? Uh, Psalm 139. Now, listen to this. This is King James English, but listen to kind of the, the verbiage of this, the phrasing of it. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Well, what is it talking about? Well, DNA can be expressed as a written language, like a book, like a blueprint that makes you who you are. Now, geneticists tell us that there are trillions upon trillions of combinations of DNA that makes up just the human genome alone, right? And how those DNA, how, how each base pair is organized creates you. It makes you unique from me. It makes me unique from everybody else watching this right now, right? So there's a book inside of you that if you were to write it, would fill up about 1,200 encyclopedia volumes. Now, that's a lot of information. We're talking about big, thick encyclopedia volumes, 1,200 of them, sitting on a shelf just to write out your DNA sequence. And then we're like, whoa, that's a lot of information. Well, let's not stop there because that entire 1,200 books of information can be found in nearly every single cell of our bodies right now. <laughs> that means that there's enough information in you, Eric, to fill up the entire Library of Congress many, many, many times over. We're talking about something like 35, 65 million books in the Library of Congress. Oh, you would fill that multiple times. I just can't help but wonder if you're watching and you are one of those skeptics that comments on my YouTube channel or you're one of the skeptics on Facebook, can you please just honestly take a step back and go, how is that explained? The Bible, man, David, the Bible truly knows best. You saw my substance being unformed before I was made in your book. They all were written. Unbelievable. The Bible truly does know best. I, I, I can't help but just go, I, I would beg you to stop suppressing the truth. The truth is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You, 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 you are a, you, you are mind-blowingly complex. And it's impossible for that to have come about all by itself. So whether you're thinking about a bird flying a million and a half miles and knowing exactly where to go and the Bible actually telling us these things, or you're thinking about your DNA, oh my goodness, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I would just, I'd beg you to think about the God who created you and cry out to him. Oh, I, I call I call each and every person a biological miracle yeah. from our signer and designer because he designed us and then he signed us, he wrote our book, and then he said, this is going to be you and you are going to be like no other person on planet Earth, right? I mean, if you can grasp that and you realize that, then you realize, well, hey, my life actually has purpose. I'm not just this random cosmic accident floating in space, the result of 14 billion years of star stuff, right? 
I'm actually wonderfully made. And that means that God actually has a purpose for your life. You're not here just for this brief moment in time to live and die, and that's all there is. And whatever you can contribute in this moment is all you ever get, right? No, we have the ability to have eternal life with our creator, with our designer, the same one who wrote that book. And then one day we can ask him, hey, so how did you figure out this brilliant language of DNA? And how did you figure out how to make it so that we would have so many different possibilities that nobody would ever be exactly the same? I think that's really cool. It is. Yeah. And Kent, I had Kent uh, grab this. Have you seen the meme of the scientist drawing equations on the chalkboard? And then... Uh, then they say right in the middle, uh, you know, then a miracle occurs. And then da, 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 they go on with their science. And, and the, the tagline is, I, I think you should uh, be a little bit more explicit here in step number two. Like, explain <laughs> that one. And they always accuse, you as a creationist, me as a creationist, they always accuse us of, of being a god of the gaps. And, well, they, they used to think God did something because they didn't understand lightning. They used to think God did something because they didn't understand earthquakes. And now we know the science behind it. And therefore, since we know the science behind it, God didn't do it. Tell me your thoughts on that real quick, because I mean, there's going to be people watching that are going, okay, you give me two. You're going to give me some more that you think are scientific facts in the Bible or how the Bible is always right. Um, but the Bible is just the guy, it's, you guys worship the God of the gaps. That's it. And eventually science will eliminate him completely. Yeah. Okay. So again, that is the claim that Christians get all the time. And yet scientists are using this God of the gaps model, except they push it over onto nature. So what I like to say is that uh, instead of rejecting God, the atheist has created his own pantheon of gods, among which uh, of, in that pantheon is the God of time, the God of natural selection, right? And when you and, and of course the God of survival of the fittest as well. But when you talk about time and chance creating everything, are you really explaining something in a scientific way, or are you just pushing it back to give some other scientist a reason or a uh, an excuse to be able to figure it out later on? You see, time and chance can never create anything of real value. But when we see that every design has a designer, Things that are engineered have an engineer, and the more we leave things to time and chance, the more we see things degrade. Even when we when we take natural selection, let's just say survival of the fittest, right? Yes, survival of the fittest will allow the fittest to survive. What it doesn't do is create different creatures from that fittest creature. It never turns one creature to another. So you have to have a god of the gaps to be able to mutate that creature into an entirely different creature over millions of years. What you've done is you've created, this atheist has created his own God of the Gaps. Wow. So they accuse us of being God of the Gaps. Really, they are nature of the Gaps, and nature is their God. This this invisible force that can create and do all these things, they, they are literally doing the very same. In a sense, they are actually doing the God of the Gaps we are doing the, it's not God of the gaps, it's God of everything. He knows those equations, and he knows the stuff that we don't know yet. He, he's the one who invented the equations. We just, we just discovered what he invented, let alone the stuff that we haven't even discovered yet. He's the God of everything, not just God of the gaps. 
you believe in the real, quote, little g God of the gaps, and that's nature. That would be a better way of explaining that to them. It would. And again, they've created their own pantheon of gods, multiple gods to explain away what the one true God has done. He created the universe and then he left us with his word. That's the whole point of my book, Bible Knows Best. 21 verses backed by science is the whole point is God left us with the Bible, the inspired word, which has stood the test of time. And we've never been able to disprove it, and which would be very difficult to do, by the way. But what we have noticed is that it is consistently scientifically accurate. It is consistently historically accurate. It is, it is consistently prophetically accurate. And it is consistently accurate when it comes to the gospel message. Now, here's what we can take away from this, right? Because when I go out and I speak in churches, conferences, when I have a skeptic come up to me, they're always like, ah, oh, David, you believe in this uh, collection of fairy tales written by ancient goat herders over thousands of years, right? To which I always reply, you know what? You actually have a great portion of this correct. I do believe in a collection of books written over thousands of years by goat herders, by shepherds, by poets, by kings. But you know what they weren't? They weren't scientists. They shouldn't have known the things that they were writing about, and yet the things that they were writing about have proven to be scientifically accurate thousands of years down the road. There's only one way that that's possible over a collection of 66 books to have that kind of accuracy, and that is if the Bible is what it claims to be, the inspired Word of God, inspired by the Father himself, and that means that the Bible does know best. That is beautiful. I had to write it down when you're talking about time and chance can't create. Amanda, that needs to be a meme. You just need a, a picture of something totally degraded with, you know, somehow evolution on there and then some kid going, look at what time and chance did. And time and chance doesn't lead to good. Only starting good, only a designer, only a creator can give us what we have. And now we are as, uh, I was reading another, that another article about uh, the laws of thermodynamics and how even the Bible talks about how everything breaks down. Ah, okay. I want to get into more of your, uh, how the Bible knows best. Here's my problem. I got to let Facebook and YouTube go right now. And my <laughs> podcast and television listeners, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm, we're going to go through more of these Bible knows best. How, how science is slowly catching up to the Bible. The Bible told us things thousands of years ago. If you want to get all 21 of them, David has a store online called the Creation Superstore. And you can go order his book from creationsuperstore.com and get his book. His ministry is davidreeves.com uh, so you can check out the work he does. And he is always up to lots of stuff. I mean, safaris in Africa, Grand Canyon tours, uh, hosting his own television show, remodeling a 100,000 foot science center. I mean, oh my goodness, the guy is doing a lot of stuff. So uh, thank you, David, again, for making all this stuff available, for doing the hard work and putting it in a book format. And I'm really upset I don't have my copy right here, but putting it in book format so people can just thumb through and literally go, wow, God, wow, God, wow, God, wow, God, 21 times in a row in that book. So thanks for doing that. Well, thank you for having me. And just remember, all of those wows equals up to the big wow, and that is that we have a Savior who cares about us. He came to this earth to live, die, and be raised again so that we could be a part of his family for eternity and hopefully learn a whole lot more about how he created this universe 
in the future. Amen to that. Hey guys, if you want to join the rest of this show, come on over to creationtoday.org and jump in. Next week, I've got a great show for you. Uh, a friend of mine, Kurt Blattman, is um, is a genius. The guy has been studying for a long time, and he said, Eric, evolution is really junk science. That's what it is. I mean, you look at all their evidences, it's junk. And I was like, well, we, we got to talk about that, man. Is Why is evolution considered junk science? science. So we'll be looking at that next week uh, with Mr. Kurt Blattman, my friend. So uh, join me there at uh, 12 noon uh, right here, wherever you're watching this or jump on and continue to get the podcast. God bless you guys. I'll see you next week. David, I want to keep going here and let's get through as many more as we can for my partners here of how the Bible does know best, how, how these verses in scripture are now discovered to be backed by science. You got some more for us?